2017 uh, has gone by f so fast, right? I mean, we're already at the end of it, and uh, it's just it's amazing. And and as we we're 2018 is just around the corner, and uh, you know. But as we look at 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 this year 2017, you know, we we just see how the Lord truly uh, did a work in every one of us, right? Uh, he did an amazing work, and 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 we could all uh, attest to that, right? I mean, we could really see God's hand upon every aspect of what happened this year, you know. And we went through different seasons. Uh, seasons sometimes that were difficult. I mean, some of you may have uh, struggled with an illness. Maybe some of you, uh, uh, your your kids maybe went wayward and 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 they backslid, uh, and you had to go through that. Maybe some of you uh, uh, stepped out in faith and you started serving, and you experienced opposition uh, from that. Uh, maybe your marriage was attacked. You know, maybe it was a financial hardship that you had to uh, uh, deal with. Or maybe you lost a loved one, you know. Um, but in the midst of, of, of those different seasons, those, the, those difficult seasons, and in spite of the attacks of, of the enemy, we see again God's sovereign hand was at work. He was doing a good work in and through that every experience. And that's what we need to hang on to. As difficult as it was, uh, we know God was, was at work um, and he was either building or rebuilding our faith, and through it all, our faith was strengthened, and ultimately he was glorified, right? But, you know, as we enter this new year, we, we need to continue to allow God to do that amazing work that he either started this year and, and carry that on into the new year, or he may have something totally different for us in 2018. He may have a new ministry for you. He may put that burden in your heart to serve in a certain area. So we need to be open with that. But we know that with, with anything that the Lord, uh, any work that the Lord initiates, that doesn't go unopposed, right? We have an enemy that would do his best to oppose anything that brings glory to the Lord. Anything that has to do with God, he's going to oppose. So we got to be ready uh, for that. But I really believe that, that God has a, a, a plan for every one of us. And even as a church, you know, we, we, we've been praying about this new building. And, and if it is his will, if we do get this new building, God's going to do an amazing work even in that process, that transition. He's going to use every one of us in that transition. And God has a, we're excited. You're excited what God has for us for 2018. Now, Paul, um, in 2 Timothy 3.12, he warned young Timothy, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. You know, so as we desire to serve God, we will face opposition, right? And there's three opposing forces, of course, that work interchangeably against the work of God, right? You know, we have Satan, uh, the enemy who, who comes in and he tries to uh, stop the work of God. We have, of course, the world. And its influences that would try to move us away from the work of God. And we ultimately have the flesh to contend with as well, right? So there's th these forces are coming our, our way to stop this work of God. You know, and as Christians, truly we are in a spiritual battle, right? And, and it's against Satan and, and his army of demons. But again, his mission is to put a stop to the work of God, even preferably even before it gets started. You know, so... 
we got to be praying and we got to be ready. And we know that, 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 that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So it truly is a spiritual battle that we're in. You know, but God is good, right? He carried us through this year. He did a mighty work, and he's going to carry us next year. And we just have to submit to the, his will and not our own. Um, so as we enter this new year, of course, we want to be sober, be vigilant, because we know he's not going to stop. Right? He's going to continue walking about trying to devour us. He's going to try to take us out. But, you know, we are soldiers for Christ, right? And, and we need to make sure that as we serve him and we fight this battle, that we do make sure that we're equipped, that we're prepared, that we're watchful, that he's going to come in at any time. He doesn't like what's going on here in Almani. And he's going to try to do his best to uh, oppose that work. Um, I, I love the, the 2 Corinthians 10, 4, 5. Reminds us that for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You know, so it reminds us, again, you know, we need to fight this battle on a, on a spiritual level. Um, but thank God that in Christ we have victory, right? We could walk in that victory. And we're more than conquerors in Christ. And the battle has already been won at the cross at Calvary, hasn't it? And that's what we need to hang on to. You know, as, as, as these difficult times come, as the opposition comes, we need to hang on to the fact that the work has already been done at the cross. And by that grace, we, his grace, we could, we could rest in that. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we could move forward now. You know, and God is so good. And tonight what I, I like to look at is, is Nehemiah chapter 4. Uh, and we'll be covering verses 1 through 14. And this is a wonderful chapter because it does bring out a lot of the important points that we need to be reminded of as we serve the Lord. And then we continue to fight this battle. And, and it, it brings out these, these, these levels of opposition that the enemy uh, will will bring towards us as we want to serve the Lord. Um, and But just to give you a little background on this, Nehemiah was called by God to rebuild the broken walls of Jerusalem, right? The holy city that really had remained in ruins for about 161 years. So they, it, was, it was in ruins. A lot of rubbish had, had gathered, had accumulated. And, and God calls Nehemiah to go to Jerusalem and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. To help God's people. And Nehemiah at this time, he was in Persia. He was, in, he was captive, but he had this important position uh, that, that he was working for the king as, a, as his cupbearer. You know, so he was comfortable where he was at in Persia. But yet, God put this burden in his heart to go to this torn down city and help rebuild the wall. You know, and, 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 and it says that when, when, when Nehemiah uh, uh, heard the news of what had happened, what was going on in Jerusalem, what did he do? He wept, right? He wept. And then after many days of prayer and fasting, what does he do? He responds to this call. He takes things into action. He gets the king's approval to go and take this three-month journey to Jerusalem and go to this city. 
a city that he had never seen to help God's people that he had never met. You know, but isn't that the way it usually works? You know, when God calls us to to do something to serve him in a certain area, he puts a burden in our heart, doesn't he? He really does. And then what what happens with that? Well, w- what he wants from us is we that we be a willing and available vessel to respond to that calling. You know, do we hurt the way he hurts? Do we have a burden for his people? Or don't we? You know, so ultimately he wants to to reach out to the lost. Do we have that same uh, heart of compassion for the lost? You know, so every one of us has a, 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 a plan that the Lord has for us. You may not know it yet, but be praying that he will make that evident. But as in Nehemiah's case, you know, it does take sometimes sacrifice and a willingness to, to get stretched out of our comfort zone to go serve him. We, we don't want to stay comfortable, right? I mean, Nehemiah certainly could have just said, hey, I got it good over here in Persia. I'm in a palace. I'm serving the king. I'm comfortable. I have all my, 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 my needs met. Why would I want to go to Jerusalem and do this? Because he loved God and he wanted to do what God had called him to do. And that's the heart that we need to have as well. But, you know, as we look at, as one reads the first few chapters of Nehemiah, including this chapter that we'll be looking, chapter 4, we, we see that the enemy was at work at different stages opposing this, the God working of rebuilding the walls. Every stage, every step of the way, the enemy was coming and he was posing his attacks. Sometimes at a certain level, sometimes he would escalate it. Sometimes he would change it up. You know, so the enemy will work that way. And, and what we'll be seeing um, is, is, is how really the, the, the enemy works. The, it exposes a scheme, his schemes. And, and we could apply that as, as we uh, embark on any work of God. We've got to be ready and, 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 and know that we do have opposition coming our way. Um, but as we look at this, we're going to see five ways the enemy opposes uh, this rebuilding. And, and, and he will oppose the work of God in these ways. Number one is by his very nature. By his very nature, Satan will, like I said, oppose anything that brings God glory. That's his nature. He's going to attack anything that brings glory to the Lord. And, and, and number two, he uses mockery and ridicule to God, of God's people to keep them from doing God's work. Ridicule, mockery. And he used, number three, he uses threats and intimidation of God's people to keep them from serving the Lord. And number four, he uses the weapon of discouragement to keep people from serving. And, all, and lastly, number five, he uses fear. Okay, he tries to instill fear on God's people and keep them from serving or get them out of service. So those five ways. And if you want to turn real quick to Nehemiah chapter 2, in verses 10 and verses 19 of Nehemiah chapter 2, it it mentions how the enemy started his attack, his opposition early on. And let me read in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 10. It says, when Samballot the Horonite and, and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard of it, they were deeply disturbed that a man had come to seek the well-being of the children of Israel. 
So we see Sambalot, the Horonite, he was a Moabite, okay? He was the acting governor of Samaria, and he mentions this other person, Tobiah. He was an Ammonite. He was another official, you know, and, and they had lost the authority to stop this plan of Nehemiah. Because why? Because the king had already sanctioned it. He had given permission to Nehemiah to go, to go ahead and go to Jerusalem and rebuild the wall. You know, so this infuriated them. You know, and, and we're reminded that, you know, any sanctioned work of God that's entrusted to us, the enemy will, cannot stop. You know what could stop the work of God? Is us, right? Us, if we decide we're not going to do that work and we decide to take a, a path and we disobey that calling or we get out of that work, it's going it, to, it will affect that. You know, so we need to remember that God is so, so good that, he will sanction, uh, uh, you know, the work, his work, uh, and, and, and empower us to be able to do that work. Um, but what was the response here at this stage? Uh, what does it say? That they were deeply disturbed. All right. They were deeply, dis they were frustrated at the fact that this man would want to come and seek the well-being of the children of Israel. Why would he come over here and want to help the people out? We have it good right now that they're laying ruins and, and, and they're captive and, and we have this power over them and influence over them. You know, they're, they're vulnerable. Let's keep it that way. They hated the fact that Nehemiah wanted to come in and help helped God's people out and, and rebuild these walls. But again, same by his very nature will oppose any work of God. And, and as, as we set out to do his work, what happens is spiritual battle is set off. And in verse 19, on that same chapter of Nehemiah 2, we see this opposition grows to three people. What does it say? But when Sambalat, the Horonite, Tobiah, the Ammonite official, and Geshem, the Arab, heard of it, they laughed at us and despised us and said, what is this thing that you are doing? Will you rebel against the king? You know, so their response was, uh, first of all, they laughed, right? Initially, the other scripture. But... They're, they're despising Nehemiah. They mocked him, saying, what is this thing that you're doing? And they accuse him of rebelling against the king. So they, they're escalating their, 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 their accusations, their, their mockery. You know, so saying certainly opposes through mockery, through ridicule. And, and he will uh, try to mock our ideas our, and questions our motives. He, 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 he points out um, our weaknesses and inabilities and laughs at our to serve and try to misdirect us. So he will uh, oppose through mockery. And, you know, you might have been praying uh, about serving in a ministry. You may have been, you may you're already serving. But sir, what Satan does, he certainly will, will try to mock you and try to get out of service through through his ridicules, you know, and, and, and lies. And, and there's a... a there's a Thomas uh, Carlyle, he's a British critic and author. He called uh, ridicule the language of the devil. And, and that's how the devil uh, functions, right? He's a, he's a liar and he will ridicule God's people. And he will mock, especially if we're serving the Lord. Or especially if we're praying about serving the Lord. So mockery. How about David? You know, when he was ready to fight Goliath. He, what, did, what did Satan do through Goliath? What did Goliath do? He, he mocked David, right? He ridiculed him. Who is this kid? Am I supposed to fight you? You know, so he will use mockery. 
And, and, and of course, he's the father of lies, right? He, he will try to instill lies and, and, and condemn us. But we know that, that of course, that uh, in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation, right? And, and, and we, we don't have to receive those condemnations anymore. We're not condemned. We're forgiven. But let's go ahead and turn to uh, Nehemiah chapter 4. And we'll be looking at verses 1 through 14. So chapter 4, verses 1 through 14. Let me go ahead and read that. It says, but it so happened when Samballad heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. And he spoke before his brethren, the army of Samaria, and said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish, stones that are burned? Now Tobiah the, the Ammonite was beside him, and he said, whatever they build, if even a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. Hear, O oh, our God, for we are despised. Turn the reproach on their own heads and give them as plunder to a land of captivity. Do not cover their iniquity and do not let their sin be blotted out from before you. For they have provoked you to anger before the builders. So we built the wall and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height. For the people had a mind to work. Now it happened when Sambala, Tobiah, the Arabs, and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were beginning to be closed, that they became very angry and all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God and because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. Then Judah said, the strength of the laborers is failing and there's so much rubbish that we are not able to build a wall. And our adversary said, they will neither know nor see anything till we come into their midst and kill them and cause the work to cease. So it was when the Jews who dwelt near them came that they told us ten times, from whatever place you turn, they will be upon us. Therefore I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings, and I set the people according to their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. So we look, we see in, in verse 1 that the enemy here, Samballot, upon hearing that the wall was already being rebuilt, what, what does it say? That he was furious. He, that he, that he is very indignant. What does indignant mean? Severe displeasure. He was severely offended by what was going on. And he mocked the Jews. And it just reminds me, you know, over the Christmas celebration, we were, we were at my house um, on Christmas Eve, and, 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 you know, we have family over, and, you know, we, they started singing Christmas carols. And one of our unsafe family members, you know, she got up and she just said, uh, you know what, I'm tired. I don't want to be hearing any, any of these songs that have to do with Christ. You know, if you keep on singing, I'm just going to leave. You know, so she was furious about it. She was offended by anything that we were singing about Christ. 
you know, but that's the world, right? That's, that's the unsaved world that does not want to hear it. And, and, and they become, uh, there's a lot of displeasure. They're offended by anything having to do with the Lord. But that's where we're at in today's times, unfortunately. You know, and, and, and so first they were laughing, but now they're furious. And in a sarcastic tone, what does he do? He mocks them by asking, what are these feeble Jews doing? So insinuating that they were weak and powerless, you know, will they fortify themselves? Insinuating that were their vulnerability, questioning their ability to be united and ability to, to, to build the wall. And what else does he say? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they see God through sacrifice and expect him to miraculously build a wall? You know, can you guys pray up these walls? So he's mocking the Jews. Um, and, and what else does he say? Will they complete it in a day? Do you guys have any idea what you're getting yourself into? Can you honestly really build this wall in a timely manner? So, and what does also say? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish, stones that are burned? So questioning their provision and their resources. And in verse 3, it says, Tobiah was beside him, and he said, whatever they build, if even a fox goes on it, he will break down their stone wall. So he's questioning their capability to do quality work, and this stone wall was just not any wall, right? That was the, the work of God working through, through his people to build this wall. It was a wall that was going to stand. You know, so the enemy certainly will mock us, right? He will try to discourage us, and he will always use partial truths mixed with lies, right? And that's how he functions. In the case of Nehemiah and, and the Jews, they, they were not skillful builders. Right? They didn't have the tools, but yet they had a heart to build. And, and one thing they had, of course, was that, that they had God on their side, the God of the impossible that was going to help them complete this project. And that's where we're at too, right? We have God on our side. And that's an awesome blessing that we could do his work because he will carry us no matter what the enemy says. And then, yeah, it was true the Jews were weak, but what? When we're weak, he is strong, right? And, and our weakness is made perfect in his strength. So God does choose the weak things of the world. He chooses the foolish things to put to shame the wise. You know, he will use every one of us to do his work. Let's not get intimidated by the Lord, by, uh, by the enemy, you know. So the enemy certainly can be the master of discouragement, certainly, if we allow him to be, right? He can and will discourage us if we hear him out. You know, and here Sambalot and Tobiah, they sought to bring the discouragement through criticism, right? They were, they were, they were, they were criticizing, and there's a, a Charles Swindle points out that there were many of them together doing the sarcastic, mocking criticism and comments. Critics run with critics, you know. So one measure of a leader is to be able to measure criticism, to not allow one to be run down by the critical, but while still be sensitive to God's voice even in the midst of criticism. You know, so we need to put that criticism aside. As we hear it, no, we stay focused on what the Lord has for us. And non-believers will do everything they can to bring nothing but discouragement to the believer, right? We hear it all the time from our family members. They will try to discourage us, those who are unsaved. They will try to discourage us in doing the Lord's work. Why are you spending so much time in, at church? You know, why, why don't you have anything better to do? 
You know, why, why can't you come and join us in this party and have a drink? You know, why, why can't you just uh, uh, come and spend more time with us? You're always serving, serving, and you never have time for us. You know, so they try to get us off track. Um, and, and, and certainly we need to be mindful of that. But discouragement is a powerful weapon that the enemy uses because it is somewhat the opposite of faith, right? Where faith believes God and his love and his promises, what does discouragement look do? It looks for and believes the worst and tends to pretty much forget about God and about what he, he has promised. You know, if we, if we focus on discouragement and, and, and allow discouragement to, 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 uh, to be a part of us. So in our walks, you know, when we feel led to serve in a certain ministry, again, saying we'll always come in and try to question, right, question our abilities, belittle our worthiness, and, and really try to cast doubt on our usefulness and our effectiveness as a servant of God. He will come and try to discourage that way. And he'll say, you're weak. What do you, you have the nerve to come to church and to pray. Who are you? You're just a sinner. You know, you're not worthy to come to church. You know, so he will bring out that, those, those comments of discouragement and try to keep us away from coming to church. But we need to be mindful of that, you know. And, and um, in verses 4, to, four through 6, it, we see uh, what Nehemiah did. How did he, he respond to this mockery? You know, he didn't react in the flesh, right? He didn't start debating with the enemy and engaging. No, what does he do? He, he turns to prayer. He turns to the power of prayer and gives it to the Lord. And that's what we need to be doing, right? We, we entrust those situations. We entrust our enemies uh, to him. Let him deal with his right with his, with them in his righteousness you know and 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 he's a just god he will deal with with the, them in his way it's not our 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 position to be uh trying to engage with the enemy we can't be doing that we need to pray for our for our enemies that offend us and those that come against us but we need to be praying and and not engaging you know and not retaliating in the flesh so our first resource, of course, has to be prayer. But often enough, it's not, right? It's the last resort. Um, in verse 6, it says, So we built the wall, and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height, where the people had a mind to work. You know, so here we see uh, God had given them the gift of a mind to work. And that's so important uh, as we serve the Lord, having a mind to do his work, you know, and every great work of God, of course, requires God's people coming together, having a mind to work and to do his work here. It's a blessing here in this church that everybody does their part. You know, it's a blessing to see everybody coming together and, 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 and really allowing the spirit to move among the family of God here to, to, to accomplish what he wants to accomplish through this church. You know, I'm reminded when we have these big functions of dinners here and, you know, all the tables and, you know, all the, everything that needs to be cleaned up after. I, it's a blessing to see everyone coming and, and doing their part to help clean. That, that's part of it. You know, everybody has a mind to work, and that's the only way the Lord's going to really move in the ministry. You know, and, and it's a blessing that we're blessed with that here. Um, and, of course, that's the reason why Satan will target the mind. Right. 
to to make us really ignorant of God's will by making us feel defeated, self-focused, uh, and discouraged. He will affect, uh, attack our minds. And it says that the entire wall was joined together up to half its height. So the work was half finished here. And, and, and this was exciting, right? They had accomplished this. But at the same time, it was a dangerous time because much was still left to be done, right? Half, half of the wall was done, but there was a lot of work to be done. So at this time, of course, uh, fatigue and more discouragement would come to the people. And as we serve God, you know, in whatever work we, we're called to do uh, in ministry, uh, you know, we need to make sure that we are, we want to uh, really not leave any work undone, unfinished. You know, if God calls us to do something, you know, stay the course. Pray that the Holy Spirit will empower you to continue to serve in that capacity. And again, the enemy will try to take you out. Right. Or he might want to instill things in your mind saying, wow, this ministry is just too, too hard. It's too, too draining. I'm tired. There's not enough help. So I'm not going to serve in this ministry anymore. You know, and, and, and it's left un, undone. But the Lord wants to do a mighty work in every ministry that he calls us to do. And, and, and our prayer would be that we, we would be hanging in there. You know, we, we, we start off strong many times. But yet we don't finish, you know, we, and it's unfortunate that some Christians don't uh, accomplish the full potential that God has for that person. You know, so he will give us the, the grace and he will give us the, the strength to continue. And, and so as we look at this this year and the amazing work that the Lord did in and through us, that's great. And, and you, you might have been in a ministry that say, wow, we were really blessed here where I'm serving. I was blessed. I was blessing others. And there was a lot of fruit. But as we enter this year, continue. Don't, don't, the tendency sometimes is to get comfortable and, and, and to say, you know what? I got this down. I'm going to go on autopilot. I'm still going to serve in the ministry. But I don't have to pray as much. I don't have to really cry out to the Lord and empower me with your Holy Spirit to do this. Because you got it done. You got it down already. <laughs> you know, so the enemy will want us to have that attitude. So we've got to press on into the, the new year as he, whatever he has for us, give it your all in all. You know, have a passion for that service unto the Lord. And, and, and he will honor that and he will empower us. So pressing on. In verse 7 and 8, it says, Now it happened when Sambalat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the uh, Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were beginning to be closed, that they became very angry and all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. So what's the response here? They conspired together to come and attack. And by this time, as we see, the number of oppo opposers had grown in number, right? And, and they threatened to surround the whole city and attack and create confusion. So the enemy steps it up here. And with the work halfway completed, he, had a, he, he escalated the opposition and posed a more serious threat. So the more impact that we have in God's kingdom as we serve him, of course, the stronger the opposition, right? The enemy is just going to step it up. But that's a good thing. You know, if we're being attacked, it's a, it's a blessing because we know we're making a difference. And, and even though we're being opposed, we're going to grow through that opposition. 
It's an opportunity as Christians to grow through those attacks. So we need to be open. Hey, all right, I'm doing God's work. God is faithful to carry me through this. If the enemy attacks, he's going to give me the strength to overcome that. You know, so let's keep doing that and have that mindset. Um, but sometimes he will attack in a serious way. Sometimes he'll attack our families, our health, our finances, our jobs, our marriages, our children. You know, we just finished studying Job, and we saw what he went through. You know, so certainly the enemy uh, can touch on that if, if, the, if the Lord allows it. So as he creates confusion among God's people, what happened? One can lose focus in serving and be swayed away from God's will. If there's confusion in the body of Christ, there's no direction, right? People lose focus on what the Lord has for every one of them. You know, so the enemy knows that he'll try to instill confusion, distraction, and it will keep us from moving forward. In verse 9, it says, Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God, and because of them, we set a watch against them uh, day and night. So once again, we see Nehemiah resorting to prayer here for wisdom, direction, and not just prayer. What does he do? He follows up with practical measures, right? He takes those, those, those steps, uh, uh, setting up a watch day and night. And, and that's, we need to learn from that as well. You know, we, it's good to pray, but we also need to be ready to take necessary steps for the Lord to work. So we can't just be sitting around praying, but we need to do our part as well, right? And, you know, it's, it reminds me of, 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 of the outreach we had, the Truth or Treat Harvest outreach we had. That was a blessing, right? You know, the, it was a blessing. People were blessed. The community was blessed. And, but when the games were being set up and all the equipment was out there the, ni the night before, uh, you know, we were worried that, you know, someone would come and vandalize or, or steal some of the equipment. You know, so some of the brothers, you know, they, they, were, they, they were willing to stay the night and guard the equipment, guard the games. And that's using wisdom, you know, and, and ultimately there was a blessing. This, this new security uh, ministry that, that we're, that we're, that's going to be started. That, that's a good thing, right? I mean, we want to protect God's people here. Uh, we could certainly just say, oh, we're going to pray, and God will, will protect, and, and we don't take those steps. No, we also need to do our part and make sure that that security is, is in place to protect this church from the enemy. You know, so we need to be proactive on that. Um, and here, one would expect that since Nehemiah and the people resort to prayer, that God would have swept the enemy away. He would have just put an end to it, and that's that, because they're praying. But what, what happens? Uh, the attacks continue, right? And, and, and why does God delay his answers to prayer? What do you guys think? You know, it, it does strengthen us, right? Our, it strengthens our trust in him. It draws us even closer to him, because we become even more dependent on him. You know, so he sometimes will delay answer to prayer. Because he wants us to grow through it. And he either answers no or yes or, or wait. Right? So here he wanted to do a work on the people there at that time. You know, so he, he let the enemy continue to pose his attack. Um, so God was doing a perfect work. And not just building the wall, but building up his people. Edifying the people. And that was even more important. You know, and... Um, in verse 10, it says, Then Judah said, The strength of the laborers is failing, and there's so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. 
So up until now, the opposition and the attacks were external, right? There were outward attacks from the enemy. Now here we see he changes his strategy, the enemy does. His attacks come from within. And, and he can do that. The opposition here was discouragement from the laborers themselves. What is it? And it says that the discouraging comment came from the people of Judah. Judah were the, from the tribe of Judah, which was supposed to be strong and brave, eminent. I mean, that's where kings came from. That's where David would eventually come. That's where the Messiah would eventually come. So the people looked at, at, this, at this tribe as being important. And here this, this tribe of Judah saying, hey, you know, it's the, the strength of the labor uh, of the laborers is failing. There's so much rubbish that we need to get rid of to build the wall. So they were being discouraging to the people. And that's not what the people wanted to hear from, from, from Judah. You know, but imagine if, let's say Pastor Manny would come up here in the podium one day and say, you know what, this ministry at Almighty is just too hard. I don't have enough help. We're going to just stop this ministry. I'm sorry, but, you know, we're just, just going to throw in the towel. I mean, how discouraging would that be? You know, so we, we, we have to keep in mind that, you know, that, that, yeah, it's hard. The ministry is hard, but God will always provide the help that we need, right? He will always provide the labors. And, and we should never get tired of, 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 the, of, of serving, right? You get tired in, in serving, but you should never get tired of serving. You know, so here... The job was only halfway completed, and the people started to complain about being tired and about the work being too difficult. But in Christian service, right, the initial excitement, certainly you start serving, but eventually can wear off with time. And the tendency is for Christians to quit serving before the job is completed. You know, so fatigue starts setting in, and, and you, again, you start saying it's just too draining. Um, but we need to not just start strong, but finish strong, right? Um, now it says, it says here that the opposition was from within and, and sometimes the, the, the enemy will try to come into the church and cause discord he will, he, within the body and try to create division and how does he do this he tries to instill attitudes of pride and jealousy among God's people if he could do that he would have had a foothold in this in the body to create division, you know. So we need to be mindful of that and be be praying and 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 really a critical spirit is so dangerous in the church. The enemy will capitalize on that, you know. So it's a blessing when there's unity in the body as we have here in Almani, and we need to be praying that that unity continues, because the enemy again does not like what's going on here in Calvary Chapel Almani, and and the community. Um, the, 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 the Ju- people of Judah said there's so much rubbish that we're not able to build the wall. You know, so again, for more than 100 years, that city laid in ruins. So much rubbish had accumulated in the, in the holy city of Jerusalem. And, 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 what, what, and they realized that unless the rubbish was cleared, they could not adequately build a strong wall that, that would have a strong foundation if they left that rubbish there. You know, and as Christians, you know, if we're going to bear fruit in our walks and really have an impact for God's kingdom, you know, we also must continue to clear the rubbish from our past and, and even our present. And he gives us the way, right? He gives us his Holy Spirit to say no or to let go of those, those sins, those weights that will, will slow us down in our walks. 
He will help us clear that rubbish. We just have to surrender that to the Lord. You know, and, and, and then he could work and, and help us run the race strong and with the endurance that, that, that we need. But it is a sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit that helps us do that, right? Uh, we just need to have a, a surrendering heart to that. And verse 11 says, And our adversary said they will neither know nor see anything till we come into their midst and kill them and cause uh, the work to cease. So this last tactic, tactic that the enemy uses is fear. Okay, he uses a weapon of fear. He tries to instill fear in God's people here and by saying, you know, we're going to do a surprise attack. And what are we going to do? We're going to kill every one of you. You know, so, of course, the people were fearful on this, uh, that when they would least expect that the enemy would come in and attack. And isn't that the case many times what the enemy does? He will attack when we least expect them to attack, right? We may be, you know, on a high, a spiritual high, and, and things are going well, and, and that's when we, what happens. We try, sometimes we get too comfortable, and we're vulnerable, and we're not on guard as much, and the enemy could come in. When we, leave, when we don't expect it. And here, that's what they were fearing. You know, in, in his first inaugural address in 1933, President Franklin Roosevelt said to a nation in the midst of, of an economic depression, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. You know, so let's not allow fear to, to paralyze us as Christians. Fear could certainly do that. The fear of not being adequately equipped to serve in a certain ministry can paralyze you know, the fear of attacks from the enemy can certainly fear, uh, make us ineffective as, as Christians. Well, I don't want to serve. You know, I'm going to be attacked. <laughs> you know, so fear certainly can have its way uh, with us if we allow it. And, and, and fear certainly will keep us from being bold and sharing the gospel. And, and, and we know that God wants us to share the gospel, right? And we can't allow fear to get in the way. Um, in verse 12, it says, So it was when the Jews who dwelt near them came that they told us ten times, From whatever place you turn, they will be upon us. So we see God is faithful here. He's sending Jews that were living in the surrounding areas to warn the people, Hey, you, you got the, the enemy is going to be surrounding you completely. You got, you, you got to be ready for that. You know, and it says that he... he, he um, he told them, they were told ten times. Um, so God is faithful. He, he does warn his people. And, and, of course, the Holy Spirit warns us, right? When we're in a path that we shouldn't be in, and we're doing something, we're in a situation where there's danger, the Holy Spirit tugs at our heart, doesn't he? He tugs and he tells, hey, don't go there. <laughs> don't do that. you got to turn, you know. And he also sends his people Sometimes to tell us, hey, you know, this is not, uh, not, maybe you're not doing the right thing here. It's not according to God's word. So he will warn us through God's people as well. You know, so we need to be sensitive to that. And some of us may be stubborn and we don't hear those warnings, right? We may have to hear it 10 times before we listen. You know, so God is good. He's faithful to keep us from, from moving in, the, in that path that, 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 that will hurt us. But here, Nehemiah's response, what did he do? He took heed to that warning. He positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings, and he set the people according to their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. So Nehemiah responded. He took heed to that warning, and he took action, right? He knew the people would fight 
to their last breath if it meant protecting their families. There was wisdom there. And, and, and uh, that's what we need to pray for God's wisdom in those situations that were, were being attacked. So in, in verse 14, we, we see Nehemiah's words of encouragement. Great words of encouragement uh, in the midst of this situation. It says, And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. Encouraging words, right? For Nehemiah, from Nehemiah to his people saying, hey, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. You know, remember the, 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 the Lord. You know, he, he's great. He's awesome. Remember his wondrous works that he's done already. Remember his faithfulness in your lives. You know, Hang on to those things. Hang on to his promises. Don't be afraid and fight. You know, and, and that's, of course, what we need to do as well, right? When we're being attacked, when we're down, going through those difficult seasons where we think, wow, there's no way out here. There's no hope. There is hope. You know, because our great and awesome God is in control of it. And he allows those things because he's doing the work. And, and what do we do when, when those times of difficulty come? We remember his wonderful works that he's already done in our lives. He has saved us. He has delivered us from the bondage of sin. And he has delivered us from that, that miry pit. And he's, he's doing a major work. So remember, we remember his faithfulness in our lives. And I believe all of us could say, Lord, I know you were at work here. Ten years ago, I know you were at work. Five years ago, I know you did this. We remember those miracles that he's done in our lives when things are getting tough and we're getting opposed. You know, God is so good, isn't he? That, that he's going to carry us through whatever season he has. And as we go into this new year, 2018, we need to keep that in mind. Remember who we serve, a great and awesome God. A God who's going to, he's going to be so faithful that he's already ordained us to do something for him next year and he's going to empower us by his holy spirit he's going to protect us he's going to provide and he's going to make a way for that and we have we shouldn't worry and let's not the let's not let the enemy discourage us and use these tactics to bring us down discourage us or take us out you know and and, and the end times are near right we got to be busy you know and, and it's a blessing to be able to serve him he gives us every opportunity and, and we should take advantage of those opportunities to serve him.